Well, you might not get the visual, but you get the audible. So, grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Merry Christmas? No, no, say it is not so. Alas, if you walk into Home Depot today, at least the store in Oxnard where I go, you will, even before you can say Jack Frost, you'll be clobbered with Christmas. Already in October, yes, in October, they have Christmas trees, reindeer props, big as life Santas, and of course the Grinch, just waiting for you, fully inflated, to take home today as you grab a sprig of mistletoe and a handful of holly on your way out to the car. Now, these things are fine, really, I suppose, in their right place and their right time, but never mind waiting for the Halloween shelves to clear out. And of course, we can't let something like All Saints Day Veterans Day, or a little holiday known as Thanksgiving get in the way of our clear path to Christmas. Prophets. These retailers who jumped the gun really put the no in November. Strangely enough, though, our gospel reading today is a little bit like that holiday rush, surprisingly, except it's not so much a mad rush to Christmas that we see here with our text, but rather a fast track to thanksgiving. Yes, it's thanksgiving that is being thrust upon us prematurely by our electionary reading today. In case you've not noticed, today's passage in Luke also happens to be the assigned gospel reading used year after year for our Thanksgiving Eve service, the 10 lepers. You know the story. 10 are healed and only one leper returns to give thanks to God. Moral of the story, always say your please and thank yous, especially to God, and especially on Thanksgiving. That's not wrong, but we can't quite say we're ready to wrap up this simple message in a neatly to-go box and send you on all, all of you home on your merry way. Uh, I know some of you got your hopes up for a second there, but not so fast. Is the story of the 10 lepers really best framed by a national holiday on which we agonize over dark meat versus white meat? As an aside, this year they're predicting a turkey shortage. Maybe you heard about it. So what you may actually end up agonizing over is any kind of meat at all versus turkey-shaped tofu. And you can call me late for that supper. Uh, He said with apologies to all the healthy vegetarians among us. (laughs) While you can find in the other Gospels instances of Jesus healing individual lepers, this account with the ten all healed at once, interestingly, occurs only here in Luke's Gospel. So we have to ask ourselves then, why did Luke go out of his way seemingly to include this special story in his carefully investigated orderly account of Jesus' earthly ministry. I think there's more to it than a mere morality tale reminding us to say thank you, as important as that is. Case in point, we get a little clue that perhaps there could be something more going on here by looking at the Greek word itself that is translated give thanks. Verse 16 says, The leper fell on his face at Jesus' feet, 
giving him thanks. The Greek word there is eucharistone, from which we get our English word eucharist. The eucharist is also known as the great thanksgiving, where we, the church, celebrate the eucharist, that is, the sacrament of the altar, holy communion, or the Lord's Supper, as we alternately call it. There at the altar, you may recall all the thanks being given via the sacraments surrounding liturgy. For example, the pastor calls out in the preface to communion, let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Then the church responds, they respond, (laughs) okay, I'll tell you, it's right to give him thanks and praise. I know it sounds a little familiar to some of you. Again, the pastor, it is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, holy Lord. Then as the communion celebration concludes, we sing back to God, thank the Lord, and sing his praise. Tell everyone what he has done. Remember all that from our post-communion canticle. Now here in our praise service, sometimes we stream things a little bit more, and so that may be why you haven't heard the full version all that often, necessarily. So if appealing to the Greek and Eucharistone starts us thinking about more than just a pep talk on polite speech with respect to the 10 leper story, then also a careful look at the context in which Luke places this story could, hopefully, take us even further in understanding and seeing what's going on here in this account. The context is always key to grappling with the author's intended meaning. As you shall see shortly, this is not merely a morality tale about how to properly say your thank yous. Sure enough, the context here is very telling indeed. First of all, in this part of Luke's Gospel today, We are still journeying with Jesus through the extended travel narrative that began way back in Luke chapter 9, where Jesus set his face for Jerusalem. And by the way, as Luke records it, Jesus just happened to be in Samaria at the moment of that resolve when he set his face to Jerusalem. And this is exactly why the Samaritans rejected Jesus. Jesus was fixed on Jerusalem. The Samaritans were really hoping he'd just sort of hang out with them there in Samaria. They were hoping maybe for some more miracles to to be performed. And you can't blame them, can you? But Jesus knew he had an appointment with death, his own death on a cross, and his subsequent resurrection from the dead, which means forgiveness of sins and life for these very same Samaritans. Yes, that means forgiveness of sins in life for the Jews as well, and also eternal life indeed for all people, including you and me, for all who put their faith in him. So on Jesus travels then southbound from the border territory of Samaria and Galilee. Uh, Jesus makes this comment, surely no prophet can die outside Jerusalem. Jesus says somewhat sarcastically in Luke chapter 13. So that's the broader context. Jesus' impending crucifixion. 
Now, narrowing down the context, if you keep reading just one more verse past where our verse cuts off today, our reading ends in, in verse 19, which says, Rise, Jesus tells the leper who returned to him. Your faith has made you well. Now, I can't say that's a bad place to drop off a reading, but the very next verse makes clear the context into which Luke chooses to place this whole story is right there in verse 20. Let me read it. Once on being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus replied, the coming of the kingdom of God is not something that can be observed. Verse 21. Nor will people say, here it is or there it is, because the kingdom of God is in your midst, Jesus says. That's what immediately comes after today's reading. And this is all still Luke chapter 17. It's all about the kingdom. Did you catch that? That's what was being repeated. The kingdom of heaven. The kingdom where Jesus is the king. And I submit to you that it's into that kingdom that this one returning leper from Samaria was admitted that very day on which he was healed. This Samaritan leper recognized the king standing in their midst. The kingdom of God is where Jesus is. It took this one leper a little bit of time. As first he steps out with the other nine, as Jesus had instructed them to do, to go show themselves to the priests. But then, and with a little bit of help from the Holy Spirit, this leper seems to have pieced it all together. He had his epiphany. Who says epiphany and thanksgiving can't happen on the same day? And so this one leper comes out of his quarantine and into the kingdom of heaven in just one encounter with Christ. And that's because Jesus had mercy on him. Mercy was just that thing all the lepers had cried out for earlier from a distance, right? Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And the same cry we also hear echoed in the very next chapter of Luke. There it's the penitent tax collector who is heading to the temple, but also, like these lepers, he stopped and stood at a distance, it says, crying out, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Luke 18. Mercy. This plea for mercy, not justice. That's what I deserve. Oh no, I throw myself at the mercy of the divine court. It's this plea for mercy that has been incorporated into uh, church liturgies for well over a millennium. Down through the centuries, this cry of the lepers and of tax collectors and of sinners alike for mercy has been chanted in cathedrals, recited in sanctuaries or fellowship halls like ours. It's been quietly echoed in the private confessional of every believer's heart. Mercy, O Lord. Likewise, too, has our merciful Lord's response to our humble plea been joyously repeated from the beginning, spoken by his servants, a word of hope, a word of absolution. Rise, your faith has made you well. Other translations say your faith has made you whole or your faith has restored you, healed you, delivered you. And some translations even say, your faith has saved you. And that's because, fair enough, 
it is the exact same word, sozo in Greek, that is used for all these renderings that I just mentioned. Joseph, uh, that is Jesus' earthly father, for example, was told to name his child Jesus, for he will sozo, save his people from their sins, Matthew 1. So I like this translation here, this translation right here. Your faith has saved you. You see, all the lepers were cleansed, based off the Greek word related to that, uh, similar to our word catharsis. They were cleansed of their temporal skin disease, verse 14. Now, this is no small thing, mind you, for a lonely pack of marginalized souls that they were. Their incurable condition was so miserable, in fact, that it even trumped the deeply rooted animosity, hostility between Jews and the despised half-breed Samaritans. It was not that way for these suffering lepers, however. Any social prejudice took a back seat to their common misery. Their disease was their bond, whereas they were all miraculously healed of it now and heading off to the temple priest to be restored according to Levitical law. It was just the one Samaritan leper that turned around and returned to the giver of these gifts. And he praised God all the while for all of them. Apparently, his alone was this epiphany that his master, whom they uh, all refer to, uh, they called Jesus, this healer, and, the, and he understood now, Jesus is the temple of the living God. Jesus is our great priest. So I'm in the right place, he says. Therefore, it was for this foreigner's ears alone and for his believing heart that Jesus speaks these comforting words. Your faith has healed you. Your faith has saved you. Your faith has delivered you and restored you as one of heaven's own. Rise and go your way. What a day for the Samaritan man. In one day, both his earthly and his heavenly destinies were forever changed by his faith in Christ alone. It's all about the kingdom of heaven and its merciful king, Jesus. This king comes to an entire world that's alienated from its creator. We're all lost in a kind of cosmic quarantine, shut out of God's presence because of the ravaging disease of sin for which there is no immunity. By his holy and precious blood, though, Jesus shed on the cross for um, the sins of the entire world, and thereby we are sprinkled clean. We are given our place in his eternal kingdom. Like the leopard, then, Jesus brings us through the dark quarantine and he brings us into the marvelous light of his kingdom. And it's all by faith, that same faith in Christ alone. Faith in Christ alone. That sounds like a good Reformation Day message. And so finally, as we approach Reformation Day at the end of this month and all the wonderful holidays soon to follow thereafter, Here's one small corny bit of dad advice. Don't sweat it if the world don't get it. 
if Home Depot doesn't really get Christmas, let alone Advent, right? If it skips Thanksgiving altogether and thinks October 31st is Halloween and not Reformation Day, be thankful anyway. That's not your church. The Lord Jesus Christ reigns over your church and the whole Christian church on earth. There, each Sunday, you'll find a mini celebration of all these special holidays and then some. There's a little bit of everything in every Sunday. And that might just be an epiphany for a lot of us. What do you know? Something else to be thankful for. In Christ's name, amen. And now may he who began this good work in you bring it to completion on the day of Christ Jesus. Amen.